This is the Warm Springs Program on KWSO. Dr. John Stuckey is a family physician and the clinical director at the Warm Springs Health and Wellness Center. Dr. Stuckey gives us a little background of himself. I was raised in the state of Maine in the far northeast. Fast forwarding, if you will, I, I decided early on to have a, a career in healthcare but not as a physician. I worked overseas in Africa for the better part of four years after college and then decided I wanted to go back to school. Uh, Over the past uh, 20 plus years, I've been working uh, with the Indian Health Service on uh, Navajo, Hopi, and Apache reservations and have enjoyed that. After that time period, I wanted a little, little break from the emergency department and wanted a new vision and moving to the Pacific Northwest. So in December of 2021, I arrived here at Warm Springs and have enjoyed uh, the past six months of my work here, enjoying getting to know the lay of the land, so to speak, my coworkers in the Warm Springs Health and Wellness Center, and as, and as well as the folks who work for the tribe and for the community. He now talks about what brought him to Warm Springs. I've lived in northern Arizona and have explored the southwest Indian country, if you will, and enjoyed it, but I had been doing so for about 20 years. And I think I decided, and I always had an interest in, in, in moving to the Pacific Northwest. In fact, flashback to 2007, I had just finished my training as a physician, and I had narrowed my future employment down to Warm Springs, where I had also interviewed, um, as well as Hopi. And at that point, it was a very difficult decision, but for a variety of reasons, uh, Hopi won out, but Warm Springs has always been in my thoughts in terms of in the future of, of eventually relocating here and, and working here. So this has seemingly only been six months or so in the, in the making, but in reality, it's been closer to uh, 15 to 20 years in the making that I would actually move to the, the Northwest and relocate to Warm Springs. Dr. Stuckey now talks about what area of medicine he chose to work in. I decided to choose family medicine 15 years, uh, 20 years back when I was in my medical school training, partly because I like living in rural areas where I have to kind of keep sharp in many areas, if you will. I mean, if you don't have a hospital right in your backyard or in this community you live in, uh, in many locations, uh, you need to become very competent uh, in the realm of obstetric care, in the realm of inpatient work, uh, in the realm of emergency, uh, in addition to all the clinic skills that you gather. So I, I think that's what interested me Interested me initially to family medicine, what caused me to move to the uh, Southwest. I have, for the past seven years, been practicing exclusively emergency medicine. Uh, so I've been only working in ERs, and I enjoyed that, but I also kind of wanted to return, if you will, to my, my roots. Uh, emergency medicine can definitely be, a, uh, there's a little burnout involved there when you're dealing with uh, sick people all the time. And, and definitely if you throw COVID into that picture, I feel like I've had my fill of, of acuity and, and, and looking forward to primary care and, and as well as clinical director position, which is a new one to me. And I've enjoyed that so far. Dr. Stuckey talks about the differences he saw between the emergency department and where he is now at the Health and Wellness Center. What you often see in the emergency department is a very skewed representation of what's going on in the community as a whole. So what I saw in the emergency department were people who maybe weren't taking such great care of themselves, uh, either 
They had significant substance abuse uh, issues. Perhaps they had poorly controlled behavioral health-related issues and or they had poorly controlled uh, diabetes, kidney disease, and or liver disease. And so when those folks contracted COVID, especially if they hadn't received vaccines, but even some with the vaccines, uh, sometimes if they didn't get care right away, they got very sick very quickly, and you would see them in kind of that window of period where uh, their, their life was truly at risk. Uh, and sometimes, even with young people, there weren't such great outcomes. So that, that was kind of my experience there. And of course, the messaging that we would do in those communities would be, please get your vaccines. I realize you're interviewing a physician, and I'm biased. What I've seen is that they are an excellent thing, regardless of uh, you know my uh, profession and whatnot. I think vaccines are, are wonderful, and I think they clearly do more more good than harm. I think my experience there in messaging was was to say to the community, hey, we're seeing a lot of so-called badness and acuity in the, in the ER. Please get vaccinated, and if you if you haven't and you're sick, come earlier than later because sometimes time can really make a difference. So I contrast that to now at Warm Springs. I think that whole picture of people that are getting very, very sick, some of those folks, we don't even necessarily see them in the clinic. They have already taken the decision and probably the correct one if they're acutely short of breath or if they, you know, can't keep anything down. For example, those folks are going directly, you know, to the emergency department as is probably proper. And my experience here is that we see a few breakthrough cases that do end up at the clinic. Of course, we're very happy to evaluate and make make sure that we do due diligence to making the decision very quickly to see if people need to be, you know, sent immediately to the ER. But we're catching them at a, at a lower seriousness level and trying to do due diligence to, to evaluate them properly. Dr. Stuckey talks about his thoughts on the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. To me, this is a very tricky and delicate uh, question. You know, it really is. I work for the federal government. They put those mandates on me. Fortunately, it's in line with what my beliefs are to keep not only myself and the patients that I see healthy. I could have just contracted COVID, not necessarily know it, and be spreading it to people. To me, that's a great argument uh, for uh, why I'm very much in line with my supervisors and, and the federal government, which says I have to be vaccinated. An example I always like to use is with the influenza or the flu. For quite a few years, I got the influenza or the flu shot kind of reluctantly. I was, well, you know, I'm fairly healthy, tough. I don't really have strong feelings that if, if I got it, I know I'd recover but then more importantly, when I really started to dissect that thinking, I thought, you know what, that's kind of faulty thinking. Because what happens if I had the flu, maybe didn't know it enough, or have the symptoms enough to stay home? Let's just say I was seeing an elderly patient. I had the flu. I didn't know it indirectly. I could be contributing to their not only getting ill, but perhaps even worse, right? Hospitalization and or death. So that's my argument with, you know, from the vaccine standpoint. It does get very tricky. I know when when people have that right to choose 
whether they want to be vaccinated or not, uh, and and with non-federal entities mandating it. I also think that uh, people need to go along with mandates, and if it's if it's a non-federal facility and or a non-federal, uh, i.e. tribal entity, they're trying to keep the, the public health in mind and trying to make those decisions that will protect people. Um, but but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a constant challenge, one of those things that I think we'll be, uh, you know, dealing with, with for a while. If I could add one other point, I think we need to be careful as, as individuals and as society with the Internet. I mean, the Internet is awesome. It can give us great information. But, but there's very much, if I could use the, the phrase, left-leaning uh, media outlets, very much right-leaning left media outlets. None of those are bad in and of themselves, but I think we just need to be very careful if we're listening to news to make sure that it's accurate and that it's well-balanced because I think it it can make us either under-concerned about things going on when it comes to the pandemic. It can sometimes even make us over-concerned and we just need to be careful. I make it a, a habit myself to try to listen to lots of different news outlets. That's the criteria I use when I when I try to keep myself balanced and not biased in one yeah. way or another. Dr. Stuckey talks about COVID-19 being compared to the flu. Uh, from everything I'm observing, that's what the prediction is, is that this will become more of a recurrent little spikes, if you will, they, that may or may not be seasonal, and that the disease, when it occurs, especially with immunized people, will continue to be, generally speaking, mild, but that it's not going away anytime soon. It's being compared to the flu quite frequently, as that's where things could be going. Dr. Stuckey now talks about how COVID-19 compares to the Spanish flu pandemic of the early 1900s. They are making that comparison, but I think the Spanish flu, there was a lot of mortality involved, and it was a big deal. And, you know, we recently in the United States crossed that threshold, I believe, of one million deaths. I don't know exactly what our percentage is uh, that is of the United States population. I think we're over 300 million people. That's very significant to think that, you know, 0.3% roughly of the population uh, died as a result of this. The Spanish flu had a devastating effect on mortality in the United States and and as has COVID. Hopefully we're reaching kind of a a steady state with people being immunized and and or, but, uh, you know, either uh, contracted the disease that that if they have both of those then their immunity will hopefully be uh, uh, longer lasting, but may still need, much like the flu, uh, you know, booster shots every year to make sure that immunity uh, is, is kept well. He talks about the different signs of COVID that wasn't looked for in the beginning of the pandemic. When COVID first came out, the, the focus, of course, was on respiratory, all about respiratory and shortness of breath. People would present to the emergency departments, and we were focused on that uh, and trying to make sure that we got people the adequate Uh, medicines and respiratory care. Then as time went on, we would have people presenting to the ER, say a month or two or three after COVID first started to become well known. And they might have presented to the emergency department only with nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. And what we didn't realize at that point was that they were actually showing the signs of COVID and we weren't testing for it initially. And so extra effort was made and we caught a whole group of people that were showing a different aspect of COVID. 
I think another thing that people perhaps maybe aren't aware of, or I should say maybe they're partly aware of but maybe need reminding, but if you have so-called comorbidities, if you've got, let's just say, liver failure uh, or, or kidney failure, uh, and you get COVID, it, it's a it's a whole new scenario and 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 reason for concern. You really, um, even though everybody with the first signs of COVID might need for sure need to come in and I should say get tested at home and then and then call if the tests are positive. People who have those comorbidities of of um, liver disease, kidney disease, poorly controlled diabetes, they, they really need to be at, at a much higher level of watching to make sure that they are diagnosed early because it really can make a huge difference in hospitalization and a matter of life and death. Dr. Stuckey talks about encouraging people to come back to the Health and Wellness Center for their care. COVID had a dramatic effect not just on people and the illness itself, but it a lot of individuals, you know, have shied away from going to the health and wellness center uh, and hospitals and ERs in general nationwide. And one of the devastating effects it's had is that people haven't had that continuity of care. For example, when they had diabetes and still do have diabetes, but they haven't had things checked in person. Um, They haven't had lab tests. So uh, things have uh, deteriorated with continuity of care, again, for understandable reasons, but we're trying to bring that back. Uh, Not only are we really encouraging people to come in for their chronic conditions and to be seen in person, because truth be told, you, you, you can't really get good diabetes care, generally speaking, by a telephone encounter. Right? And I know some people have, have gotten used to that. Um, and we're not totally eliminating telephone encounters, but really there's a big push to make sure that people get seen in person for their chronic conditions. And so we're trying to make a push for that. And not only are we trying to make a push for that, we're really trying to, quote unquote, recreate the medical home. And what that means is that you have a team of folks. It's usually uh, two clinicians, typically a physician and either a nurse practitioner and a physician assistant with a nursing case manager, with nurses, medical assistants that kind of get to know you medically as a person. Uh, We're wanting to make pharmacy involved in those teams, uh, behavioral health. That's our dream. Uh, and, and, And even dental for example, be involved in that team. So just know that there are changes that are that are coming about at the Health and Wellness Center that are uh, in response to kind of gaining background that was lost uh, in COVID when people weren't coming in, but also even moving beyond that and, and creating the medical home. That was Dr. John Stuckey, the clinical director at the Warm Springs Health and Wellness Center. I'm Duncan Bruno, reporting for the Warm Springs program on 91.9 FM, KWSO.